Hello, everyone. Welcome to Brew Jackets, a fun Blue Jackets-themed podcast where we talk about our favorite hockey team, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and sometimes booze because, you know, we like booze. Joining me today... Booze. Booze. We like both of those. Well, yes, but booze. I, I love booze. I, I like booze. booze. This whole booze. episode is yeah, about alcohol. booze. Alcohol, booze, whatever. But this joining me... is about booze. Join, <laughs> We're not talking about hockey. No hockey tonight. It's about uh, booze. B-O-O-Z-E. B-O-O-B-S. <laughs> joining me today, we have Hefty Duck, the greatest duck of all time. We have Matt. Have we have we have Matt, good guy. We also have my guy Owen, also known as Bjork Swag, who does great uh, shit on Discord, a lot of fun shit, a great cough, and so much more. A great guy. Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome, man, Killer Beast twenty five oh eight as well. He says, "Wyan, Wyan's already ready for boob jacket." Why? I no. Okay. Well, you know what. That's not what I meant. You, you being silly, but <laughs> um, no, we're off track already. Holy shit! Yeah, oh my god! god. No, we're no, on track. I mean, that's what happens when you start thinking about boobs. Okay. But um, yeah, we we got some blue jacket seam stuff to talk about today. Uh, one of those, one nope. of those th- things being this that. The Blue Jackets have Adam Fantilli. Let's go. Right there. As it says on the screen, the Blue Jackets have Adam Fantilli. Hell yeah. It's good. It's a good reminder because like there's been uh, actually like not too terribly like a whole lot of news here lately. So it's like something just I think keep in the back of the mind, be excited about. Because uh come October twelfth, man. We might be seeing this guy out on the ice. That's going to be the Blue Jackets' uh, season and home opener. It's nice having that on the same day. Sometimes you got to wait for a home opener sometimes. But uh, And single-game tickets are on sale now. Once again, no affiliation with the Blue Jackets ourselves, but uh, single-game tickets are on sale. So go buy a ticket for October 12th. So you can come join us at the march that we're going to be doing with Kevin and the, UB, the Union Blue Soldier group. As well. Come to the march and your swag card gets upgraded to gold membership. Absolutely. Top and, tier. and here's the video from a march. What did you say there? Oh, I heard penguins suck. Penguins suck. Was that you though? No, I wasn't. I was looking away. And no, I just, no, no. So okay. that's <laughs> that's my good friend Columbus. That's my good Columbus friend Craig. And okay. uh, I saw Michael Neff in there too. Base no, Craig. Craig. Yeah. <laughs> no, but my Columbus friend Craig, uh, he always joins us for the march, and um, 
So my dad takes a video of the march and then sends it to me. And in that, that's from the uh, October 2018 march we did. And uh, Craig is always in the video trying to say something. <laughs> and that, and he, he does it every year. And the March to the October 2018 version of that was him saying penguins suck. Nice. That's awesome. Because they do. I mean, yeah, yeah. But, uh, so that, so anyways, so yeah, come join, get your tickets for the Blue Jackets game on October 12th and join Uni Blue Soldiers for our march as we're marching on to Nationwide Arena to cheer on the beloved team in Union Blue, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Anyway, so yeah. I've had some fun with that. Let's let's, let's have some Blue Jackets. So, a uh, couple more things real quick before I forget. Uh, happy birthday to the one and only Jeff Rimmer. He's 68 years old today. He's one away um, from the good number. He's a little away from his good years too. Um, but <clears throat> love him to death, you know. Love Jeff Rimmer. Just you know, um, that retirement age was like sixty-five, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, Jeff. Uh, and the one and only. He shares a birthday with Zach Rowenski, who is twenty-eight today. Something like that. I didn't look it up. I just kind of assumed. I thought I knew it was age but happy birthday to both of them that's all i want to say happy birthday to you um so next we can talk about this a little bit and see where it goes because I, I mentioned this last week and i probably mentioned it a little bit uh, the week before um so uh what does this one do like this one? <laughs> yes fucking busy dude all right um so uh tim bernie rejected his qualifying offer um so Unless both sides get something worked out, uh, he might be back to Switzerland this year. You know, so um, he's he has so uh, years ago uh, the Maple Leafs had a similar situation with William Nylander where he uh, they, they gave him his offer and he declined it, and he had until December first to sign a deal. And if he didn't sign a deal after December first, then he couldn't have played that season. He would have had to go play. Yeah, December first. Yeah. So, but William, but you know, William, William Nylander, he signed a deal and he avoided that situation. And a similar thing could happen with Tim Bernie, where he has until December 1st to sign a contract. And if it's December 2nd and he hasn't signed the contract, then he can't play in the NHL and will have to go play somewhere else for this year, at least for, 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 for this year. And, and, and I've said this on the show before, is that this is a, it's a smart move for the Blue Jackets to give him his qualifying offer. Because even if he says no to it, the Blue Jackets still have his rights. So even if he goes over to Europe and plays somewhere, the Blue Jack, when he comes back, the Blue Jackets get first dibs at trying to sign him. There is a possibility that he does go back to Switzerland. That's where he's from. Yeah. Um, he's been loaned from the Monsters to Zurich or ZSC Lions, so that's probably where he'll end up, in my opinion. Isn't that where Texier was playing? Yes. Yep. That's yeah. exactly. So, the, I mean, I, the, I also... The CSC for... Blue Jackets, everyone. <laughs> um, so, pretty... Like, I, um, I won't personally blame him. I, I don't know what their kind of contracts run over there in the, in the Swiss League. Um, but in any case, if it's anything close to what he's making here, then he has the addition of being close to home and family as well. So that's, that's the main reason. And a lot of NHL players love 
Switzerland in general, just because of the, um, yeah. the sights, the scene. And I think there's some tax breaks too. So I could so imagine that. that. Yeah. You like really good. They have a great banking system, right? <laughs> Best in the world. Um, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's close to everything. It's close. It's like, well, and if you look like, close to parts of, of France, Italy, Germany, Austria, you know, it's just all right. Everything's right around it too. And the fan, the fan experience in and Switzerland, not only just Europe, is different. It's like going to like a soccer game. Yeah. yeah. Oh a, yeah. Well, I've seen, I've seen that when they were in like Finland and stuff like that. Like the chants and the stands and everything. People with all their scars. It's so cool. No, it's like going to a crew game. If you yeah. go to like an HC Davos, watch any HC Davos highlights. It's like going to a crew game. Right on. I haven't been to a soccer game in years. Excuse me. Ugh. Well, uh, we can talk about summer league a little bit. I haven't been keeping up with it too terribly much. Uh, I wish I was down in cl- closer to Columbus. I'd probably go to a couple of them. But um, I did watch one yesterday on Yamo Media YouTube or whatever. That's like where they broadcast free. Uh, like Rosovic, Line was was there uh, with Corrali on one team. And they're playing against Cam Atkinson's team, who I think ended up winning. Um, this is really cool to see Gus Nyquist and Cam Atkinson back, you know. And uh, so, do you guys remember the rumor about Atkinson and Line like having kind of a beef? Yeah, I was I was waiting for someone to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> so they actually had like a little clip today I saw of like them joking around with each other, like as friends between uh, between periods or after the game or something like that. Yeah. Like. It that re- that that narrative just does not seem. I don't know. People love to blow things out of proportion. They got the wrong player, in my opinion. Um, Who do you think his beef was with? I don't. I don't want to say any any names or anything. Don't want to cast any anything. But um, I heard that's the reason why my favorite player was shipped out. Oh, oh, really? You think? Yeah. Hmm. That would be super unfortunate. Like if the L. I mean, there there was other reasons. Obviously, we wanted. Yeah, to- like I I heard rumors yeah. that um that they didn't get along, but those are just rumors. Yeah, I mean the possibility would be there. I mean they were, uh, you know, they're both like- playing similar wings. Um, especially with this season, there's even a possibility line A drops to the second line. Oh, because of the chemistry with Marchenko, Jenner, and Goudreau. Yep. Um, yeah. Like, well, it was a, I, it was like, I mean, it's been over a year now. I can't keep crying about it, but like, it was bound to happen eventually. Yeah. Because there was, there's not enough room for the guys we have now. Right. Right. We've been talking about that a lot here recently. Um, shit, I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, NHL.com just had an article about how you know we might see more of lining at center as well this year yet too so uh, it's you know i'm very curious as to if he goes that route if it works well for him what line what kind of line he would be on then because to me i think he could become or be that top center he it was a small sample size it was only two games for this past season it was a small sample size but having said that, what I saw of that, he looked good and he just looked more motivated. 
So it's like if he can just put that energy to when he's playing wing, or even if he can just continue that small sample size, if he does do this center thing, then that just makes it so much easier and better for the Blue Jackets knowing that they have a guy that can do that. Because the thing is, is he has the body type to be a center. He's big. He has the skill to do it. So, if, you know, he can do it. If he finds a way to keep that going, the Blue Jackets have something. And honestly, just talking to one of our friends, uh, Zach, on the Discord, he convinced me on this. He, he's a big proponent of putting line A at center. And we talk, I talked to him about it, and I wasn't exactly sure at first, but, you know, the moment more I talked with him, he convinced me that give it a try as a, mm-hmm. as a potential thing. Because if you can do this, then that gives you another option that you can do with center and make your center depth even better. Yeah. And imagine a, a line centered by line A with the wings being like Johnson and uh, even Excuse possibly Fantilli. Yeah, he or, right. If he doesn't cut out. I mean, there should be no reason why he shouldn't play center. Unlike, you know, it's more of a question with Johnson. Is, is he going to play center or wing? Yes. Yeah. But imagine a line where Patrick Line centers Fantilli or uh, Johnson and maybe somebody else just throw somebody on the wing and have Marchenko take that spot on the on the yeah, side really. because Line likes the the opposite side more than he does the side he plays on. Yeah. The the only thing I would say that the only reason I would see that the Blue Jack is not using Fantilli as a center is that perhaps they put him on the wing for a bit to let him settle in for a bit because center is a tough position to break it into the NHL, even if you're like a top prospect and everything, it's still kind of tough. That's yeah, that was what Ken Johnson was going to do right away too. And uh, yeah. he doesn't maybe have quite the yeah. eyes on him. You know? So it's like, that's the only reason I would see that the Blue Jackets would, you know, for a little bit have Fantilli on the wing is just trying to ease him into it because they kind of did a similar thing with Dubois. They put him on the third and fourth line and they let him ease into it, and when he was ready, they bumped him up to first-line minutes, and he didn't really give that up other than that one time they tried to put Duchesne up there, and it just didn't work as well, so they bumped Duchesne back down to the second center and bumped Dubois back up to the first center. So that's the only thing I would say is the only reason I could see the Blue Jackets putting Fantilli on the win is to just maybe they feel just to ease him into it if they feel like perhaps he's not quite quite there yet the kid is too good not to play center i'm just gonna yeah, say that right now because in any other draft he would be the caliber player as rick nash was if not better like this is the second coming of nash everyone well that's that's the thing is well a lot of people have been saying about this past draft it's so deep from top to bottom that under normal circumstances adam fantilli would have been the guy that easily would have been number one mm-hmm. in any other draft easily mm-hmm. And same even with like if Carlson was like the only like he was if he was a top prospect in a different draft or even at that you start talking about Will Smith and like it, it went deep very yeah. deep I, I believe this yeah. year I think this yeah. is going to be a, a draft year to look back on here in in four or five years and and I think we're going to see you know so, like what was the the draft class when it had you know Lionel Matthews and, and McDavid in it yeah everybody know? says that's the most one of the most stacked drafts. Yeah, like 
McDavid was the year before the draft with the line A Matthews to Chuck and Dubois. Was That's what I was. That one was the one. But um, no, it's this draft in particular was probably, in my opinion, watching this team for my entire life was probably the the most stacked draft in top ten easily. And we had some very shocking picks too. Yeah. And, and Gavin Brindley, that's a guy under most circumstances, he's a guy that goes first round because it's so stacked from top to bottom, he gets bumped to the second round. So, and, and that's the story of the Blue Jackets strap is they got a lot of guys that went down lower than they should have. Yarmo cooks in the later rounds too anyway. Yeah. So. yeah that's he's true. got his little tendrils in everywhere out there. He knows what's up. Like the last pick we got, um, what was that guy's name? The very last pick of like the entire draft? We traded for, to get that. Traded to get it. Um, can one of you do? One of you remember his name? I forget. No, I totally forget. Man. But like, even that kid, like, yeah, he's last in the draft. But he looked. He what like, White Law was it? No. No, I think that was White like second or last or something. But um, yeah, I know. I know that. But no, I know. We'll get oh, Williams here. Get him on here. <laughs> What's up, William? You're not showing up. What's here? There we go. What's up? What up? What up? No, but uh, Happy Duck, the point you're trying to make about the final draft pick that the Blue Jackets make, that even he is, is not your stereotypical seventh rounder under normal circumstances because it's just a deep draft from top to bottom. Yeah. Pretty but, awesome. Welcome to the show, William. What's up, Billy? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. No, nice for showing sure. uh, You have the courage. Yeah. You have the courage. Nice. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. That's it. have to explain the story. Okay. So that, that's Do I have it. to say it's You a, don't have to. I, no, was... I got this. I got this. This is a five <laughs> joke. Last year, Owen has a Twitter space, and William's on it. I'm on it. Owen and a bunch of other people are on it. And William, he wanted to say that he has the urge to do something. Instead of saying he has the urge to do something, he said he has the courage to do something. Courage to cowardly dog? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So, um, real quick, we'll get back on topic here for just a sec. I want to. Uh, we could talk about booze. I'm actually, actually, this would be a perfect time. So, I have a great question that we're probably going to spend quite a bit talking about. Um, I'm going to do a ad read for the wonderful DraftKings. We are partner with the Hockey Podcast Network. And I'm just going to do this little ditty for, for uh, our audio listeners out there. This is like a little promo video I do just to show off uh, THPN. And I'll see you on the other side of this. New customers. Hey, I'm coming through someone's mic real bad. Oh, no, okay, never mind. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpma.org in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 
in Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Known Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with the Hollywood Casinos at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help available for problem gambling. Call 8887. Uh, sorry, distracted there. I don't know who's coming through. 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details in state-specific responsible gambling resource. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10 plus lay required for 100% boost eligibility. Wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Speaking of baseball. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Put that $5 on Ellie De La Cruz and the only gambling help you'll need is to help stop winning. Dude, put it on Put it on Josh Naylor or Josh Bell or like, yes. even Kwan. Yeah. Like, oh my God, dude. I'm just saying, I'm just, gamble, gamble, or gamble responsibly, but you can put it on the Reds. You can put it on the Reds or pretty safe bet. Put on the Reds. Uh, you know, put it on the Reds or, or, or you can put it, you can bet on how many goals this guy right here, Adam Fantilli, is going to score for the Blue Jackets. I think we're getting feedback from you, Matt. I think it's you. No, he's muted. No, I, I muted him because I was getting it back and it stopped. Oh. So, um, yeah. 99% of gamblers quit before their big win. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the Reds have been doing a great, amazing. Um, you know, we'll talk about baseball real quick. Um, so, this is something I think everyone here can uh, appreciate because the Pittsburgh Pirates, because fuck Pittsburgh, uh, got beat twice in a row 10 0, or it was 11 0, and then 10 1. Uh, and unfortunately, the Guardians lost today five to seven, but they won the series and smashed them by 10 runs or more, like or nine runs or more, two games in a row. Love to see it, man. Love they ain't raising it. no Jolly Roger today, <laughs> yeah, right? That everyone out there calls them like the Bucks, like Buccaneers or whatever. It's like this, no, but that's like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so just be the Pirates, huh? Like, that's like your name. Buccaneer, pirate, whatever. Yeah. They both suck anyway. Yep. <laughs> so there's something cool. Um, you know, look at those for any of your bets uh, or whatever. So I I saw a tweet about this earlier today, and I, and I, will, I will call them out for it because I, I like this person a lot. It's the CBJ Opinions. I made their logo. Good logo. Can you not hear me? Yes. The rest of you can hear me? We can't yeah, hear I can you, hear. Matt. I think Matt tried to talk just a second ago. I couldn't hear him. Did he? You're not muted or anything, Matt. Try playing with your mic settings. Yeah, just reset or whatever. Um, so, anyway, they posted a uh, on Twitter something about um, what do you think is, like, the biggest thing, like, to look for this next year, as in, like, what, what needs – What's your biggest concern for next year? I think is what they actually worded it. Um, you know, I, I put on there. I didn't see anyone else really say this. Um, I put on there that I, I hope, that, I pray to, to God they get another bacon on a stick vendor in there. Do you know how long that fucking line is? Like, <laughs> serious. I just, it's obnoxious. I was, all I want is a freaking bacon on a stick. Like, it's one of the things I can eat there. But seriously. 
Um, the next year, my one of my biggest concerns, just because of how last year went, is, is can we stay healthy? Is that going to be an issue again? That's been that's been the bane of our franchise's existence. It's the healthy. one thing you just can't plan around. Like, okay, if the coach sucks, boom, he's gone. We have, uh, you know, we have uh, backup right there. We have we have uh, a great assistant coach, you know, to just fill in. You know, but if we have another record-breaking man games lost, what? what's that do? There you go. We can hear you now. I can hear you. Oh, could you not hear us too? Yeah, I couldn't hear shit. Oh, oh dang. You were muted. Mm-hmm. We were talking to you. So both both ends of the audio were broke. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I probably just had to come back in the stream. I, I don't see that sort of thing happening again. I guess my big thing is probably just Elvis Merzlikens and Kenny. He, he's shown he can do it, but can he put it together? That's, and that's fair. Because the defense is going to be better, not just because of the improvements, but because Mike Backcop's system, and he's just not going to put up with that shit. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. That's and that's a lot of people under that that post were saying uh, a lot of people were saying Elvis, you know. Uh, so yeah, just I mean, if you guys, what 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 is like some of your biggest concerns other than you know Elvis um, and and coaching? I mean, you can talk about those in more depth if you want, but. I'm just curious which, uh, what you guys think. I'm I'm very anxious to see what Babcock does. Because, like, you know, the entire hockey community is already, you know, looking at us with a weird eye. Like, why are you bringing him back into the league? But he's been coaching college kids. So this is going to be a Mike Babcock that has learned how to coach young kids. He might bring that same magic for the 2003 Ducks, maybe even those late 2000s Red Wings. That's that's my hopes, but I'm I'm just concerned a little bit. Yeah, I did. You mentioned the college thing, though. I just read an article that he's like, you know, it's so great. Like when you're coaching like just a hockey team, like in the NHL, there it's just hockey experts around you. But mm-hmm. he mentioned since he was at a college. There were experts in everything around him. So he was able to like, hopefully knock on wood. Remember uh, he was able to like learn how to communicate better and just other aspects of, of coaching other than just the hockey. And that's another, and that's another thing too with it is how much of that was on Toronto Maple Leafs mismanagement. That is coaching tenure didn't do so well. And I'm not saying this to pick on Leafs fans. I am saying this to pick on Leafs fans too, but um, (laughs) you guys have had zero organizational direction in your entire, what, since the Matthews era? The Matthews era is almost lost. What's up with that? Because the Oilers are doing the same shit. But then they, then they, they, they let go to Kyle Dubas, who actually got them the farthest they've been in, like, how many years? Like, I don't quite Don't get me started on Matthews. I saw something today that pissed me off. What's that? So you know how Cole just changed his number from 34 yeah. to 4? There was this um, Instagram account. I think it was like Blue Jackets Prospects or whatever. Bro. And they're like, trade rumor, trade rumor. He's coming to Columbus. Matthews. That's, uh, that was just a That's shit. hilarious. Shit post. Shit that starts a rumor. Shit post. 
absolute shit post. See, that's why people like me on Twitter. Your shit posts are super obvious. No, I mm-hmm. shit post very obviously. But then you'll see these, you'll see some accounts that like they'll post some real shit and draw people in and then they'll say one thing that'll just discredit them. And you, you gotta either pick, you gotta be 100% or you 100% like real shit or 100% shit posts. Mm-hmm. Right. And I do 50 50 most of the time just to <laughs> throw people off. Never let them know your next move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, that William had brought it up. Uh, Cole Sillinger has changed his number from four to 34. Yeah. The other way around. Uh, that's right. You're right. 34 to four. 34 um, to four. Real quick. So, Matt, as like, well, what, like the newest fan here, what is one of your concerns going into next season? Um, yeah. You know, with the coach and everything. Like, do you have any concerns? Are you just here long for the ride? Do you are you just hoping? Yeah, pretty much just along for the ride. That's fair. I mean, like, like Joe, I'm still waiting for boobs. <laughs> well, <laughs> after last season, I mean, like, what kind of expectations are there? Are are there? I mean, that just absolutely killed all mine. So it's like as they're, long they're as they're pretty we, fucking low. As long as we do better than last season, I think. I think with the guys we got, even not counting Fantilli and not counting some of the prospects that may make that jump, Matt, you're going to have a fun time watching this team, even if we don't make the playoffs. Yeah, this next year is going to be something to watch. I, I, like, like, I'm not as – like, okay, I think last year one of the things that really kind of, um, I guess, stuck a, stuck a stick in the bike spokes, so to speak, uh, was that, you know, we had all this hype around Johnny, you know, coming in. Uh, it was like a, a year ago, like a day or two ago, right, that he officially became a Blue Jacket. And, like, everyone immediately was like, oh, my God, like, this is what we've been missing. Like, we're going to the playoffs with this guy because he got 70-something points last year, and he if he gives us 70 points, then obviously blah, blah, blah. Right, yeah, well, his team helped him with that. I mean, he also had, you know, the entire – he had Elias Lindholm at center, and yeah. like a lot of Jaggers fans wanted him to come along for the ride right. this offseason. Some of them still do. Yeah. Right. But yeah. hockey's a team sport. You're not going to see a guy, one guy dominate the sport. And that's, that's where you can find like the real hockey watchers versus some of the guys who are watching other sports is they'll pick one guy as, oh, well, he's going to carry the team. Well, no, because it's more it's more or less a line or two that's going to He's not a quarterback. Him. He doesn't have that much control. He does when he has the puck, but well, yeah. he only has the puck for a small percentage of that game. Like, yeah. you know. And they are, they are you know, to a certain degree, have to duck. You say, no, this is the guy we've always needed. There's some truth to that. We, you know, minus like Nash or Panarin, we never really had a guy like that kind of type of player that's like Johnny Gaudreau that's just really good and electric and everything. So there is some truth to that. But I do agree with what you, Hefty Duck, and Owen is saying. Is like It certainly helps to have that type of guy on your team, but one guy, it just takes more than that. One guy is not just going to be the end-all, be-all and be the reason why you're bad or good. Like You do need more than that. Right. And even at that, I mean, well, like, so obviously I mentioned earlier the whole man games lost type bullshit that really affected us, you know, so, he, you know, he didn't really have the defense back backing him up. So even at that, like, he's like, 
the 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 forwards like our their defense is not necessarily their first job. Like, yeah, you got to fourth check, right? And you got to come back and play some defense at points at times, sure. But like, were we to have like even Marwenski in there, uh, you know, at the same time as like a Joe, maybe he could have like relaxed a little bit and only concentrated. And that was one thing I thought like was really messing with like Line this year too. I mean, he's a big dude. He can play pretty good defense when he wants to. But when we have um, when Goudreau and Line get caught both far up, then they're like they're stuck up there, and like it's like a three on two coming back or a four on three or four on two, and now they're just like nowhere to be found. If we just had, I don't know, it's what I'm, whatever I'm thinking. I'm really glad that we picked up the extra defensive uh, uh, guys in in Proveron and, and Severson. You don't have to worry so much on the forwards back checking. You don't got to rely on it when you got some guys like uh, uh, Severson and Provorov, especially Provorov since he's more defensive minded than Severson. But imagine Severson and Wierenski both shutting down guys and then just picking the puck up, carrying it back up, and yeah, score. Being able to actually counter for real ones. Yeah, like like pick up the puck and get a breakout actually started rather than dump and chase it like the old school style of the game that you see us play all the time. That killed me this year. We well, didn't have... It's the only game style we could play because we were playing with like – No one could fucking pass game. it well. It was just – like infirmary was at a max this year. Like, I haven't seen it this bad since 2010s. Yeah, for real yeah. though. It, it was definitely a rough ride. And I've said this about dump and chase is that dump and, ch- dump and chase in itself is fine. It can be a good strategy, but you got to have the guys to do it. And if you don't have the guys to do it, then it's not really good. And where the Blue Jackets are currently are, they really don't necessarily have a lot of the guys to play that way anymore. Yeah. Some big because, guys up front, pin them up like against the wall so you can keep the puck down there or something. And instead of that, just going around the back and boom, it's our counter counter back up our way, you know. Because the perfect when dumping this whole aggressive aggressive tight four checking and little dump and chase was at its peak at its highest and its most effective was under John Tortorella, especially the 2018-2019 season when they used that aggressive for checking defensive style to knock out the lightning. And the following year, they use that same style to knock out the Maple Leafs out of the playoffs. And like, that was the highest peak of that when they had the most talent to do that style of play. But after that, they just didn't have the guys to do that. So you kind of have to change your strategy to that, to where you have to play something different because the Blue Jackets really don't have those guys to play that style. Right. Anymore. At that point, we had like Foligno, we had Jenner, uh, you know, everyone was, to, you know, even Dubois, Dubois, Dubois. Um, and then even going back to our defense then, we had Savard and, and Jones who, who were able to like, you know, keep the puck up a little further, I felt. And, that, and I'll always remember this, is that uh, Bob McKenzie uh, from PSN, one of the good uh, national hockey reporters, which is... He said this. He said he said this during the series again when the Blue Jackets were playing Toronto in the series, and the Blue Jackets had won Game One, and there was a day after that game. And one of the things that he liked so much about the Blue Jackets is he commented on how strong 
their defensive depth was. Because I'll, I'm paraphrasing this quote, but it went something like this. Their first line, their first pairing is Zach Wierenski, Seth Jones. They follow that up with David Savard, Ladislav Gabrikov, and then then he goes down the list a bunch of all the other guys that they have for you know third pairing and other depth pieces, and he's basically like, how can you compete against that? Because that's so hard to compete against because if they had that depth, like Captain Doug said, they were able to just get the puck out of there quickly, and you saw it in the series against Toronto, that the moment that the Maple Leafs put the puck in, in their own zone, by the time the Maple Leafs got to the puck, there was already two guys on that guy hit, separated from the puck, and the Blue Jackets were going the other way. Yeah. So Last like, year was the year that we didn't have something like that. No. So like, Branson, and he would go try to do that, but like, like he was so obvious about it or whatever. He's such a big dude. Like everyone saw him coming and they just hit it away before he was even there or something. Like, or if he got it, it just it got taken away from him almost instantly. Yeah, Goodbranson isn't like a puck mover by any means. He's more or less body mover. Yeah, he's just a big body mover, and that's and everybody knows that. Yeah. So when he's got control of the puck, he if he doesn't dish it off real quick, he's he's gonna make that little hesitation. Yeah, which is which that's just his game. He's just yeah. more defensive minded. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. And, and he's scary as fuck. So he's scary yeah. as fuck, and he's a great mentor for the young guy who who's gonna play next to him. Right. And yeah. that's the thing, is no one's gonna fuck with a dude that's six five, two twenty. It's just not happening. And you didn't see anyone screwing with the blue jackets this past season. He just didn't. Because six five two twenty dude, it just wasn't half. Just you also wasn't had half. Olivier beating the shit out of everybody too, except right, for Lucic. Yeah. Lucic was yeah. the only fight that he lost, in my opinion, and it was barely. Yeah, yeah, it was still a good fight. Yeah, I mean, it was a great fight. At times, too, Olivier gave me the only thing to cheer about in entire games. That's, I mean, I got videos of that early part of the year where you just pick a fight with somebody during the game. It was like watching. Jody Shelley do it. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, it, it brought memories of like, oh yeah, let's fucking go. Yeah, when Jody is around, man, you don't want not you not want to fuck him and Dubinsky, right? You not want to fuck around with those him, guys. Dubinsky, Bull. They don't want to fuck with Jared Bull either back when he yeah. was doing good. No, yeah. That's a crazy <laughs> career, too. Not a lot of people know that Jared Bull started playing roller hockey first. Really? Not ice hockey, yeah. He was a roller That's hockey player first. I mean, that's that's where I I've started. I've never really played competitively, but I played that's roller what, hockey growing up because there's not like ice rinks near me, you know. Yeah, I was on a roller hockey team before I went and played ice in high school. Jared Bull was the the guy that said, "Well, if I'm if I'm going to keep playing hockey, I'm going to have to do this." He did it. I have to. Yeah, so, and roller brain translates really well to skating, to ice skating. Mm-hmm. I think. There's just some small little minor tweaks that you got to make, but. Jared Bull, so I live in Illinois, and Jared Bull went to a high school 30 minutes south of me, and uh, my niece had a dance recital at that high school in uh, Crystal Lake, Illinois. And on the wall is a Jared Bull jersey, a Blue Jackets jersey with Jared Bull. As it should be. Not none of those duck sweaters. No. <laughs> uh, that's pretty dope, though. Um, I took, I pulled out my phone and I took a picture of it. Nice. Nice. 
I love that uh, about hockey is there's just so many dudes from all around, not just the United States, but all around the world. Like I have some friends, uh, you know, from like some Nordic countries and we were talking about like some Swedish players the other day. It's just cool. You can relate with people from around the world with something just kind of neat or around the United States as it were. Um, then it's you got not to... so much racial diversity. It's more or less national diversity. That's what yeah. makes hockey the most diverse major sport in the game. Next to soccer. Soccer, yeah. Football, say, yeah. MLS football, football and soccer's got like the reach of everybody because anybody well, can pick up a ball. The NBA's really been uh, you know, picking up some uh players from around the world yet too. China right. China has like a pretty decent basketball <laughs> like it's almost like a minor leagues for basketball yeah, yeah and and a lot of players that maybe on the tail end of their career go over and just play in china in front of fans and drop like their same high career points that they had in the nba and have just as much fun yeah still getting paid probably pretty decent too i bet you just gotta, you just gotta learn a little Chinese. Uh, oh, and oh, and I, I know you've said this before, but for the show, I want you to share what you think your uh, reasonable expectations are for Adam Fantilli. Adam Fantilli. Okay, so here is something we've talked about this, Kev, and I think yeah. that's, and I think my opinion on this is. It's not going to change much, but a lot of people are expecting uh, Connor Bedard to hit 30, 30 goals or more. And that, for a generational player in their first year, would be amazing. And Marchenko almost did that. If he and Marchenko didn't, did that almost without even a full year. So I'm thinking conservative numbers. This is me being conservative. 25 goals, 25 assists is a conservative – Estimate on what Fantilli will do for us. On 50 um, points. Yeah, he's going to break Marchenko's rookie goal record. It's not a, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. And if this guy, and, and my liberal numbers are going to be up into the, you know, he's going to have 30 goals, 60, like 60. A Matty Beneers season. Yeah, like a Matty Beneers type of year, where he makes Bedard look like he should have been picked number three type of. <laughs> well, it's because we have the players. We have some of the players around him already. Right. Fantilli is already showing in the development camp that he is well ahead of any other rookie that we've ever seen. Right. Like 30 goals, 35 assists for 65 points in 36 games at the University of Michigan. That's insane. <laughs> Just to give you guys some numbers in the WHL – 27 games for Gilbert Brule in the Vancouver Giants system only had 38 points in 26 games. And this was the ma- this was the major juniors of Canada way back then and he ended up being like a guy that played in the minors for us and bounced around a couple of teams. An- another player that was really good for us Nikolai Zherdev who in his first season with the Jackets, had 34 points in 57 games. It's not impossible for Fantilli, if he plays the full 82 games with us, to get the 50 points. It's not impossible. Right. Those are are two guys that, from my childhood, I loved personally, but just never panned out in the NHL. 
this is a guy that has the tool set that those two guys didn't have. Yeah. And yeah. this guy can just – if yeah. Liney was the face of our franchise when he came, this guy's now our new face. 100%. And I'm, I'm hoping for, you know, at least the next five, six years, right? Like, shit. Well, and the thing is, is that honestly – the Blue Jackets, for the most part, have never really had that center, the top six center. They thought they had it with Ryan Johansson, and he showed promise, and he looked like he could have been that guy for him. Then he has his little you know, shenanigans and his stupid behavior issues, and he gets traded. And then that set the Blue Jackets back a bit. And then they finally get Pierre-Luc Dubois, and they think, okay, that, that looks like something good. And you think, okay, they have something there. And he starts to show promise in helping the Blue Jackets knock out the Lightning. And he gets a hat trick in the playoffs against Toronto. And things just look so promising. And then he gets traded because his stupid behavior issues. And then that set the Blue Jackets back. But now you have it with Fantilli. And it's like, this is the guy that you hope that you needed and a guy that you really haven't had since Dubois. It's exciting to see. Dude, yeah. I never came out and said that, oh, well, Columbus would be a great fit for me oh, no. months before the draft. No. That, right. That's not, what I'm, that's not what I'm getting now. I know. I was just bringing that up, Kev. Yeah, no. but do, real quick, do you think that actually influenced, you know, the Ducks to not – to go with Carlson then? Like a bit? Like the way that Adam Pantelli was like, I would go there. Like, I think a it. lot of teams have hesitated on college players just because of the college system because they can just say, well, I'm going to go back. Yeah. I think the Ducks saw Carlson and they were like, well, he's 100% ready to go play with men because he already is. Yeah. So that's, I think, the main thing that differentiated between Fantilli and Carlson. And I think Anaheim picked the wrong player, but – I could be wrong, and Carlson ends up being better than Bedard and Fantilli, but who knows? Right. And <clears throat> and see, uh, where was going to go? Uh, yeah, forgot what I was saying. But anyways, but um, that I mean, may Fantilli have... is a plus thirty-one in Michigan. Right. That's an insane number. Okay. Another thing. Okay, I remember what I was about to say. Is you know, I also wonder if. Carlson's performance at the World Hockey Championship really bumped it up when the Ducks saw then said, we have to get this guy. And, you know, Fantilli had a good performance at world the World Hockey Championship too, but you wonder if that's the re- reason why the Blue Jackets have Adam Fantilli was that World Hockey performance that Carlson had. What if it, is the, what if it isn't even the World Junior Championships, Kev? What if it's that um... – that game in the IHF that Fantilli got thrown out of. Because <laughs> remember, everybody, yeah. Yeah. he hit that guy, he hit him in the head, and everybody was like, oh, well, there goes Fantilli's draft stock. And guess what? I, I guess what I tweeted after I said that. I said, yeah. Adam Fantilli, you are a Columbus Blue Jacket. And guess what? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, no, that was pretty sick. Um like that's uh, I don't really think like it was wasn't it that mostly because Adam Fantilli was just kind of taller and whatnot. Yeah, part of it, and also too like 
with principal point of contact to the head, it's it's it wasn't like he meant to injure him. He just hit him in the head, and the IHF is just really like worried it's about not the injuries. NHL. Yeah, that's yeah. because they're younger kids too. You really gotta be be, be well, kind of hard on that. It's stuff. not even that. It's European hockey is just a completely different safety standards. Like they had no touch icing well before the NHL did. It took Yanni Pitkinen's career to finally, you know, get that in, like put in. Yeah. Well, so uh, real quick about the double IHF uh, tournament too. I, I was really, really impressed by Fantilli, although he did not put up the most points, right? Um, Bedard did, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But the thing is, without Fantilli, yeah, Bedard probably would have got a, lot, a boatload of points, but Fantilli helped him get a lot of those points. Well, like, he's playing center, yeah. So just he's Fantilli knew his role and knew how to step into it, going from being like the star of a team to like the second star, basically, or the mm-hmm. third, even uh, second. But you know, so he stepped into that, in my opinion, anyway. He stepped into that perfectly and, and was, filled it and was there for the team. A lot of hockey um, prospect YouTubers that I watched um, going over the report card on Fantilli, they he does a lot of individuality but he doesn't necessarily look for a pass in some situations. That's something that our team is going to fix with him. That's not going to be an issue. Our team has, I mean, we've made line a look less and less like a defensive liability with every year. Right. So it's something that, you know, if that's the only thing that he has to improve on is learning how to pass a little more. That's, that's a really good, Good. I mean, the Blue Jackets need to learn how to pass a little bit better, like just in general. I think. Here's yeah. well, here's my opinion with Fantilli and how our first line. If he does take that first line role, eventually he will. But with him, um, Goudreau and either Line or Marchenko, Goudreau's going to be the the forward quarterback. And we've got Texier to, back too. That's another thing as well. We have so many bodies. But as I was saying, like Fantilli is almost like a shooter in himself. He'll pick one of the sides. He'll pick that um right that right circle to shoot from. Line A likes the left circle. So imagine you see Johnny Goudreau skating down the middle with his speed, his puck handling, and you got two guys you can dish it off to for a one timer. That's ridiculous. Right. And line A's one timer is sweet. You have we to really, wonder if he favors that left side because of players like Ovechkin and just oh, watching him for so long. That's why he does. He said it himself. He likes that side more, yeah. even though he plays the other side. But we've never, as a franchise, seen this level of offense, offensive potential in a first line in our history, even wow. with Nash. Because Nash was playing with guys that were towards the end of their career, like Fedorov and, oh, God, who else did we have at center? I think we had um, Michael Peck at center with him one time. And like, we were, Yeah. Like, it was – like, this is the first time that us Columbus fans are going to get to see, like, not only an offensive style of hockey, but I think we finally figured out – you know, how to also bring back that defense that made our team really good too. Right. 
And like yeah. we just said, there's so many bodies. It's like we are going to get the best team out of this group of guys. There's well, no I, doubt. I, I really think that, and I really believe that myself too. Like absolutely, that's um, that's that's what, one of the things I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, here this year. You know, just uh, seeing how good they are. Um, you know, I'm not I'm expecting a different year from last year for sure. But um, so we are here uh, at the. Uh, end of our episode here. Um, if you fellas here want to uh, continue on the conversation, uh, feel free to start a new stream. I'm going to cut it so it's like an hour length long. But um, final words in here for the episode. I'll, I'll say this: is you know you you know bring Owens brought up you know lining how he's gotten better defensively, which is true. And some people have this weird obsession, like, oh, he sucks on defense. And you point out that actually, no, he's gotten better. And you even point out the analytics that actually, no, he's he's getting better. And there's some truth to it. And the one thing I did like about how John Tortorella handled Patrick Lyon is, I'm paraphrasing here, but his basic point was this. You're a big dude. Use your body to your advantage. Be like a power forward to a certain degree. And we've seen him do that, where he scored some goals in multiple seasons, where he does it at least like once a season, where he scores a goal by just skating through like three or four dudes and using his big body to just box out people and skate skate through them and score a goal. And yeah. that is, so it's like if you you can get and motivated, so it's like. That's the one thing I liked about John Tortorella when he said about handling Patrick Lyon. It's like, you're a big dude. Use it. And once you're a big dude and you realize that you're a big dude and you can use that to your advantage, it op- it just opens everything else up to you and it just makes you that bit that much better of a player. Yeah. I, I would probably agree with that, man, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, hey, thanks a bunch today, uh, Owen and uh, Wyan for Wyan or Wyatt? Wyan, and then we have William here. In the... William. Oh, yeah. Wyan was in the chat. That's right. Yeah. Here as well. Wyan, I, I renamed Wyan. His real name's Ryan, but oh. he doesn't he doesn't spit anything but W's, so that's why we changed the R to a W. Gotcha. We changed my name, too. Yeah, it, it, William's it name William? used to be Billiam. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. Hell yeah. Well, thanks a bunch for coming on today, dude. I really uh, enjoyed having you all around. Some good conversation. And of course. Uh, I do appreciate it. But um, what? I'm going to go ahead and uh, yeah, I'll f- say I'm what gonna... you want to say. Yeah, and then we'll get out of here. So, let's see. Of course, as we said earlier on in the show, Here's a picture from uh, our October 2019 march that I did for Uni Blue Soldiers. So go check it out. We're marching on to Nationwide Arena to cheer on the Blue Jackets. Thursday, October 12th, 2023. Our bar, 6 o'clock p.m. One last time. Here <laughs> is the vi- a video from m- different marches we've done.
Well, yep, that's oh, the video from the mar- couple of marches we did. So check it out. Friday, uh, Thursday, October 12th, 2023. Our bar, 6 o'clock p.m. Join your fellow Blue Jackets fans as we're marching on the nationwide arena to cheer on the Blue Jackets. Uh, um, speaking of Union Blue Soldiers, Kevin, isn't there one more thing you have to mention? Well, of course, we have a beer, but it's not coming back till October. Right. Oh, so you're, not, you're, you're done advertising that for now. God, I love William. Thought that Kevin was going to do the whole beer speech, but it's not so far. I was waiting, dude. I was waiting. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm disappointed now. What are you doing, Matt? Uh, oh. uh, okay, you know what? You know, you know what, William? 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 Just yeah. for you, just for you, I'm gonna go get this. Yes, yes. Okay. yes, yes, yes. Show us your boobs, Kevin. <laughs> there we go. Now we're not blocking the camera. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna be very quick after this to shut her down. <laughs> All right. So, okay, William, just for you. So, thank Union, you, Union Soldier. That is... thing still have any carbonation in it? Yes, yeah, it does. Probably good for like a year or two. Anyway. Uh, Union Soldier is a fun Blue Jackets themed beer made by Endeavor Brewing. It sold out well. Thank you to everyone for your support. It sold out Real twice. Fun after twelve of them. It sold out. <laughs> it sold out twice at our bar. It did well everywhere else. So thank you for for your support. Thank you for buying it. It's coming back in October. Try. Union Soldier, a fun Blue Jackets themed beer made by Endeavor Brewing. Oh, yeah. Best white lager you'll ever have. That makes me want to go have one. (laughs) Yeah. You're not 21 yet, William. You're not 21. William, wrong wrong stream. We can't endorse you drinking. That's my (laughs) stream. (laughs) You're not not 21. William, you're 15. I know you look like you're 25, but you're 15. Not yet. (laughs) But, William uh, is taller than Nick Blankenberg, everyone. I'm just saying that. For a fact. Sorry, Nick. I love you, Short King. Um, so, no, to include oh, that photo, once again, uh, oh, sure. promote your stuff. Oh, oh, sure. Shout out Bjork Center, the uh, stream that I do nearly nightly yeah. with Charity yeah. uh, Goalie and Bruin Wyan, William, Kevin. We have a fantasy hockey league we might start up in the fall through NHL Fort. Uh, NHL 24. I got the wrong decade. Um, you can claim a team through Twitter or through one of us on any other platform. Uh, we got plenty available, um, including one of my favorites. I'll let you pick the Chocolate Dragons, even though I got some part ownership in them. But yeah, new teams, new locations, the the FHL, the Fantasy Hockey League that everybody loves. All right. I did. Uh, I called dibs on the Ohio Columbusies. <laughs> you have to get you have to get with parody goalie and get a team for real because we got um, plenty available. I mean, I don't know if anybody picked the team that McDavid went to yet. So, what did, where did he go? I'm not saying that because I don't want anybody to be spoiled. <laughs> I I want to be spoiled. My teams aren't that good. Please. Right. Oh, right. Oh, well. Once again, thank y'all for being here. I do appreciate it. You guys have been awesome. Uh, and if you guys uh, want to continue the show, uh, you know, we're going to 
shut this one down, but you can start a new one up here. Afterwards. Bjork Center will be going live right after this. So oh, if you go to oh, the, yeah. if you go to my Twitter or my YouTube, we'll be live doing our general yeah, shenanigans. Check it out. Yeah. All right. Discord. I'm talking Discord, about everyone Discord, now Discord. to get this finished. So, uh, thank you yeah, all for watching. Anything to promote, Matt? Boobs. Hell oh, yeah, dude. My man. My man. All right. Don't forget to follow us. Uh, like whatever we're – wherever you're watching, follow the things. Do the buttons. You know, click them. They're there for you to do that so you can find us again Perfect. if you enjoy the content. <laughs> Smash uh, the button. Smash that like button. Smash do a, it. Do a 360 backflip, smash the button. And we will see you next week, possibly for an after dark this Saturday. Keep an eye out. We'll post if we do that. But we'll see ya.